If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You mentioned earlier about your spending and like you're very fiscally responsible. You responsible. You're very conscious of Cheap. what you spend uh, spend it on mm-hmm. and how much you're spending. Mm-hmm. Have you always been like that? Always. You got to remember, I stayed at the stadium the first two years. Right. I didn't want to spend no money. Right. Uh, what's the point? Why? Why, why you? Why you? Huh? Why are you telling Marvin? Marvin gonna come third year. Why are you telling me go rent a house, go buy a house, go rent a condo when everything I need is right here in the facility at Paul Brown? Right. Showers, cafeteria. TV, couch, gaming system. What's the point? What's the point? And I was so locked in. It really, it wasn't about having my own space and having women come. What about the dating life? How you gonna bring somebody? For what? I'm locked in. I'm a rookie. Okay. I ain't got time. Date, date for what? Date for what? I, I needed that one year lock in, catch the rhythm. My second year, I caught the rhythm. Okay. I caught the rhythm of the game. Right. I felt like, okay, I got it now. Because I think I, I think a third year, I came and I did a, a sit-down with you in your place. Yeah, yeah. At, th- at that point, okay, I got it now. Mm-hmm. I, I was good. And that's when Marvin came in and also said, now nah, it's time for you to be spread responsible, your spread your wing, get your own place. So, right. listen, I moved right down the street. One little place. I'll never forget. <laughs> one little bedroom. You mentioned that you're, you're, you're fiscally responsible. Is there anything that you purchase you like? I wish I had done that. That was the waste of my effing money. Um, probably some of the cars, maybe in year four. But it 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 all those don't Chevys. Yeah, um, the high end vehicles. But I didn't purchase. I leased everything. Right. Bugatti, Ferrari. I I did I did it all. Right. But the funny thing about it is, is I got to a point in my career, and I I wish people, athletes more so, if you can get to a point in your career where your name becomes bigger than anything you can purchase, there's your value. Wow. My name itself, Ocho Cinco at one point, even still to this day, is bigger than, why am I driving a Ferrari? Why am I driving a Rolls Royce and I'm Ocho? Oh, we talk about jewelry and watches and chains. But you already had, but see the thing is, you already had, it's easy for you to do that now, Ocho, because you had the jewelry, you had the car. No, 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 no. Never bought real anything when I was playing. Never, what was the point? I went to Claire's. 
So all, so oh, all yeah, you do you, for- Yes, for what? What am I doing it for? The women don't deal with you anyway because of who you are. Right. And then the other women who are really doing their homework don't Google how much you're making already. Right. Why am I buying a $50,000 watch, $80,000 watch? What time is it real quick? Please. It's uh, 20 minutes to four. How much that cost me? It didn't cost you nothing. Because time is free. So yeah. what I'm paying for, for? Right. For what? I'm Ocho. What's the point? Right. There's nothing I can buy that's bigger than my name alone. So it made no sense. But everybody's caught up in image and looking a certain way and being rich. It's me. It's pointless. How do you, how do you express that to your kids when they know who you are? They know, they know what you have. That's the hard part, <laughs> is getting them to have that mindset I have because they ain't cutting it. With the missus, oh, she ain't having it. Them eight, them eight and a half carrots, oh, that's real. Right. Anything I purchase for her is real. It's real. Yeah. So the kids, I allow them to do the designer and the nice yeah. stuff because I done save, what, 80, 83% of my salary. So right. it's okay. And I have stuff coming still in coming already. In. Oh, right. yes, yeah, still coming in. Thank you, Dougie. You know, <laughs> and, and so, so life is good because I was able to sustain and keep most of my wealth that I made when I was playing and life is still going good. So I allow the kids to enjoy, but I need them to understand they're going to come a time. Ah, they got to get off daddy payroll. <laughs> you have to get off that payroll. <laughs> but for right now, I will always be, for the, be there for them, no right. matter what they want. Right. Long as you don't try to live a lifestyle that you know you can't afford. Right. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. I'm going to let you enjoy yourself now. Right. You, you went for viral for wearing the same outfit on the trip. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think I heard you pack, you went, you, maybe it was soccer, and you packed like three outfits and you were there for like two weeks. That's it. That's all you need. Like a couple of pair of drawers. And, uh, That's it. A couple of t-shirts and a pair of shorts. And two That's all you of need. Short. I, uh, I took all blended family. Right. We all went to the Bahamas for New Year's. Okay. So the kids, I know they like to look nice. You know the young kids yeah. these days, man. Okay, we're going to all go to a Mary. So I took all the kids to Mary, all of them. Everybody got outfit. Everybody got shoes. I got my little outfit. Price tag, 23000 Huh? Ooh, 23000 Remember, it's eight of us now. Mary ain't, Mary ain't cheap. Hold up. So what did they put back? They ain't put nothing back. This is a one-time thing. It's the holidays. Yeah, 23000 So boom. Okay, I understood what I just paid for all this stuff for the kids. So we're going to have a good time. We stayed at Atlantis. Mm. I ain't take that at Mary off the whole trip. I took uh, me a shower. I took me a shower. Each day, changed underwear, put a, a new tank top on, and put that shit right back on. <laughs> you know what I paid for this? I don't care who see me. So I made my own personal video letting people know, you probably going to see me over and over in the same outfit. Let me give you an under, uh, Let me uh, help you understand why. why. And I always do that all the time. <laughs> Dude, I shop at H&M. Look, this, this whole outfit, this cost me $60. It's Urban Outfitters. And it's from the sale rack. It's a Levi and jacket and some dickies that's cut off. Like I'm a skateboarder. I don't skate. I don't skate. But I look good. Yeah. So that's your, that's your whole thing. And I've always been this way. Yeah. So you can't, the people on the outside that might be new to who I am now that are a little older don't understand. I've been this way the past 20, 25 years. So you're not going to let society shape Ocho Cinco's idea never. of who he is or what he should be? Never. Never. I've never, never been that way because I don't need validation from nobody on the outside. Never have, and that, that's Mama another. That's a, give you validation. You straight. The kids yeah, give it. you validation. That's dad. Yeah. We good. And, fi- and some of the time they make fun of me, so I don't yeah. really need validation from me. Yeah. Either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, that, that's another downfall for us too. Right. 
That's another downfall. In society, we always need validation and acceptance from others. If Commissioner Goodell let you into the rookie symposium mm. and let you talk. I and need I to. He needed to let me well, do that. Well, hopefully they're watching this. I need to do it. I got Roger on speed dial. I got him on speed dial. I need to do that. About financial literacy. Yes. But the problem is, is it's going to go in one ear and out the other, especially at that age. It's like me coming, going to talk to kids and that's getting NIL deals. Right. You got everybody in your ear. You don't know who to tell no to. You got all these investment people. You know how many horror, horror stories there are about NFL players that invest in companies? I mean, Hussein Bolt just going through an issue. 12.7, I saw that. Going out of his account. Because the investment, listen, the best investment person is yourself. Do your homework. You don't need all these people. Because if, if they knew, name one investment person that's in a position and is rich. How are you going to tell me what to do with money and you haven't made it yet right. to give me an example of what I should do? Nah, man, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. We put, we put our money in too many people's hands and you don't know what's going on. You say you interned at Morgan Stanley. Was it, was it of the utmost important that you go understand? You knew what money was, mm-hmm. but now that I have it, how do I keep it? Yeah. And that's what I always tell guys. It's mm-hmm. not how much you make, it's hey, how much how you much keep. keep. And the funny part about it is people, social media, well, if I spin this bag, I'm going to just go make it back. It ain't like you think. No. And people, they think the cure and the problem, the fix for the problem is, well, give me more money, I'm going to be all right. Well, the more you make, the more you spend. Right. If you have no discipline and no structure. Yes, absolutely. Every time. Yes. Every time. Well, just give me more and more. No, the more you get, the more you're going to spend. And people ain't going to listen because we are caught up in looking a certain way, living a certain way, trying to appease others who don't really care nothing about you yeah. just to say, oh, I got it. Wow. Well, shit, I got it too and I had it for almost 30 years. So has that, do you, is that in us or is that social media? Because I look at social media, I'm like, well, damn, I might need to get me another job or two because how he's like, he, she got a hop. Listen, what? we can't compete with people. That's scamming and doing fraud. Okay. We can't do that. No, I can't go to jail. We can't do that. I like my freedom. We can't do that. Now, there are very few people that can sustain that lifestyle consistently over time. Because normally people that's making it legally and doing the right thing, they don't post it on social media, right? No. You know know how hard it is to live like that all the time consistently and be fly every day? Jewelry and... Listen, eras of rappers. Think about the era before, before us. Right. Everybody was flashy, stunned, stunned. And after 10 years, what happens? They ain't flashy, they ain't stunned. No, you, you can't. It's impossible to sustain. Right. It's impossible. I would like no to fly private. I need to get me out. I'm going to make enough money I can fly, 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 fly private. Fly yeah. private? I ain't flying private. I'm spirit. Dougie, what I fly, Dougie? Spirit. Put me on spirit. Exit row, window seat. That's all I need. As long as I get from point A to point B. I don't need private. I want to do this. I just want to. Super Bowl 49. Oh, shit. Oh, you getting right. R- R- Russ come on there in one knee, because Russell get down on one knee when he in the huddle. And you hear the play, because you on the one, you on the one yard line, Marshawn. You on the one yard line. Russ in the huddle. And he's calling out the play. What's going through your mind? Shit, I, to be honest, I look at, I look at uh, uh, nine of the other guys, and they look at me like, what the fuck just happened? 
And I mean, you know, at the time. Even, even as he's calling the play in the huddle, because they look, you got one yard. We got the man that just, we, we got, we got beast mode. We got 225, 35 pounds <laughs> sledgehammer. What's happening? And we got a timeout. So if we don't get it. What's happening? If we don't get it on this first, second down, we're going to get it on third. We're going to get it on fourth. We're going to get this ball in there. What's but B's got to touch it. B, B's got to have it. What's happening? Man, the, 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 look on, the look on all my teammates' face in the huddle, you know, it, it spoke volumes. And, I mean, you know, processing the shit, if you go back and you look at the play, I actually lined it because I'm – shit, I'm processing. I lined up on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> I line up on the wrong side, man. Russell got to tell you, I'm bouncing from back and forth behind, like, oh, shit. And by the time it sat in, like, motherfucker, what, the, what did we just call? You just hear all the cheering from the other sideline, like, what the fuck? So you didn't know what, you didn't know, you didn't know Malcolm Butler had picked the ball off. <laughs> man. Ah, cause I they send me on a flat. Yeah, you away. Yeah, Are you feel me. I all I'm, I'm running out there like shit. Well, at least you gonna hit me in the flat. Yeah, yeah. And I get my head around. Yo, he ain't tackling you one on one. What the fuck going? Like what's what happened? I don't back see then? no ball coming on. All right, and see the motherfuckers jumping up and down and cheering like. Oh shit. He just threw a pick. And at that time, you know, it was a lot of shit going on. You know what I mean? So as you walking off the field, oh, man. the defense is coming on the oh, field. Oh, God. So was there any interaction? Did anybody say anything? Did the defense say, man, what the F was that? Uh, man, who, who called that bull I mean, job? Now that we look back at it, you see everybody, you know, they show the reaction. Yeah. To, yeah, I mean, you see the reaction, Sherm, Earl, Bruce, you know what I mean, the D-line, all the, you see the reaction from everybody, and then as I'm going back to the sideline, uh, you know, <laughs> I go by Russ, and I just hear him like, oh, man, like, I'll get him next time. Whoa, 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 whoa. And as, I'm, as I hear the shit, I don't really, I usually don't take my helmet off, but, you know, I take my helmet off. And I go right to Pete Curl face, and I'm talking about I hit his ass with the biggest. <laughs> you laughed in his face? <laughs> what the? And at that point, shit, I'm about my shit. I go to the locker room. I'm out. Be, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Beast I don't mode. See all the shit going on. I don't see none of the shit. I don't see the. I don't see the last. Few plays. Where they good? They, they getting the scuffling the and they pushing and shoving. You was already that. gone. I'm in the uh, fucking. Uh, you in the locker room. I'm in the locker room. So by the time they come to the locker room, that you probably already drilled. It was Arizona. I think I ran in the uh, in the uh, Lenny Kravitz <laughs> through the. Oh shit! Yo. Hey, what's up, man? Looking like, don't you got a game? Oh yeah, that shit over. <laughs> you know, like, well, hey, call my mama and uh. Call the family. Hey, come on. We we back to the spot. All right. Go in there, get dressed. Go shower, get dressed. And as I'm coming out, now you see everybody else coming in. Oh, I mean, I holler at you. I holler at y'all when you get back to the. What? Ha- why? Why didn't they give you that ball? 
Why did Daryl Bevel call a pass play? Why did Pete Carroll not overrule him? What happened? Did they not want you to get that MVP? Man, I have no idea. And from the, 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 the understanding I got is nobody taking accountability for it. Neither one of them. They put it off on each other. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the fuck they Who, got going Dar- on. Hold up. Russ put it off on Pete. Pete put it off on Russ. Nah. Or was it coordinator the head coach? Nah, coordinator and head coach. They pass it back to each other from from that's when they talking to me. So right. I don't know how I play. But at at the end of the day, yeah, that shit was, you know, that shit was, was painful because you got to think like no matter what, in any sport you play, what you do, especially now running back, saying, OK, you you when you a little jit, you set up, you know, pillow here, pillow here, chair here. Yeah, I mean, maybe a lamppost here. Like, oh, OK. And then you start going. It's the, the the end of the game. One more play. Uh, uh, the quarterback hand the ball off to Marshawn. He jumping in his own touchdown. You, oh, the, the Oakland Raiders win the Super Bowl. I'm a Raider fan. I'm from right. Oakland, California. So, you know, you put it together. Like, you put that play together so many times. You you play that. You play that so many times. So not only did they take a, uh, you know, They a took ring, a moment away from you. They t- a moment. They took a, a, a dream. Wow. You know what I mean, that's a, like I say, that's once in a lifetime situation. Have you gotten over it? Uh, to be honest with you, now now that you know we at ten years, we had a ten year reunion for the Super Bowl, and just thinking like, damn, we could have been doing this again next year. Next year, and there's no telling. Like, you know, you took a dream away, you took a moment away. You arguably Took take a dynasty. Away. You take a dynasty away. You know what I mean? Because then you, you know, you in position to, hey, we win two Super Bowls. Maybe I don't want to be the highest paid corner or the highest paid safety or the highest paid receiver. No, nah, spread that cheese through the whole team so we could bring everybody back and we could go try to do three. Maybe, maybe four. Let's see what we could get out of it. So I mean, you know, not only do you, you know, you you take away all that shit, but you know you put us in the <laughs> in the history books as the dumbest call in football history. And then I mean, you know, for my situation on on the other end of it, you know, what I mean, it's gonna be an everlasting question that I'm gonna get. Why they ain't give the ball? Is that is that the question that you get asked the most? If when people meet Marshawn Lynch and mo- everybody knows who you are. Is that the first question out of they like, hey, how you doing, Marshawn? Man, why they didn't give you that ball? Hell no, it ain't no hey Marshawn, how you doing? This hey, why the fuck they didn't give you the ball? <laughs> hey, is you Marshawn Lynch? You look just like Marshawn Lynch. Like, no, nah, I ain't Marshawn Lynch. Oh, my bad. I, I didn't mean to ask you that. I thought you was Marshawn Lynch. Because I was gonna say, man, why if you was Marshawn Lynch, why the fuck they didn't give you the ball? Like, no, nah, I'm Marshawn. Man, why the fuck they didn't give you the ball? Like, oh shit. Uh, fuck, I don't know, man. Shit. I I wish I did know. I wish, I like, I wish I could get, you know, the truthful answer right. behind that. But, but is there any answer he could give you now to satisfy you? I mean, at this point, I wouldn't know. I, now that it's been so much time in between, it, it probably wouldn't even matter. I, because, you know, every, you, I've heard all the, because everybody says, well, they didn't want Beast Mode to be the MVP. Pete wanted it to be that. Russ, or the NFL wanted it to be Russ, I and heard that. whatever the case may be. 
But it doesn't make sense. I mean, to the I played the game for a long time. It doesn't make sense to me. I got 235-pound sledgehammer back there, and I'm going to throw a pass on the one-yard line. Yeah, it, do, it just don't make sense. You almost scored on the play before. You ran it down to the one. You damn right. You know what I mean? So I realistically, like, man, when I when I think about it, I'm in a position to where, you feel me, I don't get, you know, upset right. or frustrated with it, but more so curious, like, you know, because then you, you know, you got all the possibilities. Did they not want you to be the right the, the, the Super Bowl MVP? Cause if you're Super Bowl MVP, then you the face of the NFL. They don't want, you know, want that to be the case or whatever. But at that And when they have point, special occasions, they bring all Super Bowl winners back. And they out there. Let me ask you this. How long did it take you to get over not getting the ball? Mm. You know what? Realistically, it was immediately. Because the thing is, if you go and ask anybody that ever played with me, they'll tell you, like, he really, like, play for the team type shit. Right. So it was a part of me who wanted to be selfish, like, give me the ball type shit. But at the end of the day, knowing the work that all these individuals put in, you know what I mean, if Locke catch that ball, that's my nigga. So you feel me? Right. I'm I'm happy for him. But in the grand scheme of just football, that shit don't make no sense. Right. But as far as, you know what I mean, because I'll never come and intentionally be no hater towards nobody, but just certain shit makes sense and certain shit don't. That just don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a good football. It's not. It's not a football decision. It's not good football IQ. On now that I'm thinking about it, it's not. Was that the play that ended the Seattle Seahawks? Most definitely. And they suffering from still to this day. Because I did. I had a podcast at the time called Mild Enough, and I went on the next. I went on that Monday, and I said they'll never be the same. I said they won't look at Pete the same. I said they realize what because. A lot of teams win one in a row. To be right. special, you win back-to-back Super Bowls because there have been so few that have done it. Mm-hmm. I said they will never believe in Pete the same way again. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like when a, when a Dauphin get that first high, they're they going to ch- chase that. You chase that. You search for that. It's called chasing, chasing the drag. Chase that motherfucker. And now you got a situation where I believe where you look at it like, that motherfucker is almost like he's trying to chase and rebuild that team that he had rather than moving forward and letting the guys that he got be the guys. Yeah, you're not going to do that. You're not going to get a Sherm. I mean, you got a Sherm. You got a rookie Sherm and an Earl Thomas and a Cam Chancellor. And, you know, you got B-Wags and you got KJ and you got uh, Bennett and you got Averill and you got Red. I mean, bro, you're not, you're not going to re- recreate that. You're not. But as long as you chasing that and you not building these individuals be the, to be the greatest player that they can be, you're going to keep on, you know, repeating history. Because he got some guys who I believe can play. Right. But if you got in your mind that you want you gonna recreate your guy that. to be a Michael Bennett or you got your guy, you want him to be a Marshawn or like, no, nah, you can't do that. But the thing is, if you go in and groom that guy to be – the best him, then it probably give yourself a, a, better, a chance. better chance. You feel me? Because they got some dudes over there who I really, you know what I mean? I, you get that I one. like. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as long as in their mindset, they trying to get him to, to be the goddamn 2013 uh, Seahawks. 
what was your what was your relationship with Pete like? And are there any similarities between John Gruden and Pete Carroll? Mm. But what was your relationship like with Pete? My relationship with Pete was was uh, interesting. <laughs> because I mean, the thing is, like, I like Pete as a coach because he get motherfuckers ready to go. Yeah, that's the truth. And yeah, that, you feel me? And he the same way every day. But there was just certain things about Pete, like you know I mean, he was broad, like really, oh, da, da, da. yeah. And I, you know I mean, like for me, I don't, I don't need that, right, to get going. That's why I said he hey, like a high school coach on Sunday. Yeah, uh, you, we play Sunday. Right? Oh, we got a two. We got Thursday night game. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Let me know when the game is, and I'm gonna be ready. All right. the extra shit, I don't, I don't need it. Right. I don't need all of that to get ready to get to go. But a lot of guys can feed into that. And I seen it, and it worked. Right. So you feel me? I never like, never go against the grain. Like, oh fuck him and this, that, and the third. Because no, he's a great motivator and get motherfuckers ready. But it was just that I didn't need that, and I don't think he understood like where I was coming from. That I don't need to be ha 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 and hoo 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 and yeah. all that in order to be ready. And you know, I believe he wanted me to be a part of that type of environment but that just wasn't my speed so that kind of got us to you know i mean headbutting a little bit for the misunderstanding but the thing was i always told him like man i ain't gonna never go against the ground i ain't gonna never tell nobody not to you know i mean listen to what you got going on but that shit just not for me so you know i mean if you're gonna be having meetings or whatever you know i mean we came to an understanding if we having a meeting and you're not telling me specifically like marshawn on this play we need you to do X, Y, and Z, then you know I'm probably not gonna come to that meeting. Because I, you know, I know what you're gonna be in there doing. You're gonna be in here high high and busting jokes and doing all the funny shit. And yeah, you know I mean, I I'm I'm ready to play football. So when it comes down to that, then let me know. Once we got that understanding. You you were cool. Yeah. Me and um um Will had a run in. Yeah, when you Yeah Todd, you try yeah. Yeah. try to put his wife in a little block. Yeah, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't find out that for 15 years because he never told me that. See, he came, into the, he came into the trailer and I was sitting down, right? He's standing over me like this. And he's like, I don't appreciate that, man. I don't appreciate that. And I'm like, well, what you talking about? I always know to play it off. Right. You know what I mean? It's tone. Well, I'm sitting down. So, hold on. This was 15 years later? Or was it no, this was then, then and then okay. I didn't find out why. Right, okay, okay. I was asking okay. him why then, but he right. wouldn't say nothing. Right. Right, and I'm going, what's going on, man? Tell me what's happening, man. And since he was standing yeah. and I was sitting, I was a real nice fella. Ah! I mean, that, that's, that's about physics, right? right? Right, right, So I'm like, you know, oh, man, what's going on, man? I mean, hey, man. He's like, I don't appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? And Jada's going, Will, Will, I'm saying, but um, I mean, what, what's happening, man? Now, yeah. you tell me what's happening. Hmm? Hmm? You know when a dude does yeah. this, but he's about to bottom lip. Mm-hmm. He about to do something bad. He might do coming. something, right? So I'm, so I'm like, you know, I did the I did the whole. You remember the snake? Yeah. I did the snake. Well, well, what you know? And got up. Right. And then I was like, you know, so what are you talking about, man? And I was still in that posture. So you didn't really know what he was actually talking I about. I didn't, but I know what he was doing. Right. So I was like, come on, man. I mean, what's up? Just tell me what's up. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what's up. You know what's up. So finally, I just said. This is a small place and people are here. You want, we should talk about it. Right. Me and you. 
outside because it looked like you could need to get something off okay. your chest, right? right? And the jader was like, oh, no, 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 y'all, no, y'all. And I was like, what do you mean, no, nah, y'all? Tell him. Tell him. And that was the end of that. Right. You see? Right. And I never knew. It wasn't until my book came out right. years later right. where I counted that as one of the things that really bothered me and hurt me right. bad because I didn't know and I look up to him and I love him to death. So you really you know I mean? didn't know why he was upset. You really, had no earthly idea no earthly that it was idea. because of an on-screen kiss or attempt to kiss no. or what was going on. No. You know, but I didn't know why when I was taking the subway up with my cousin uptown to the Bronx, I didn't know why when we were 14 and, and why these 19, 18, 20 year olders on the other side of the train are looking at us going, what? Hmm? What? We'll bust your ass. What? I ain't know that neither. Right. But I still was like, huh? Right. You know, waiting for that damn. So how, yeah. so, how did, so 15 years later, how did you find out? This is how I found out. I put it in the book, you know, and um, I found out about literature. You can't put something in a book about somebody. Right. Unless they sign off on it. Right. Oh. Right. Okay. So I was like, uh, you know, and I didn't want to put stuff like that in the book anyway. Right. But I was trying to be real honest about right. my experiences so I can show that you can go through anything and still be successful. Right. And still be a good person. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I was able to do that, but it's not easy. Right. You know, but you can do it. Right. right. So. I went to his best friend, Charlie Mack. You know Charlie Mack? I, I, I remember the song. Charlie Mack, Everywhere man. we go Ooh, downtown yeah. to a show, we have yeah. two necessities, Charlie Mack and the limo. Right. Well, that's like Charlie Mack. You're going to see him at every game. Mm -hmm. If it's the Super Bowl, it's a, if, it's a, if it's the Kentucky Derby, you're going to see Charlie Mack. And that's Will's best friend. Right. So I called Charlie. I said, Charlie, um, what do you think about this? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know Will, Will, Will cool. Cool. And, and Jada cool, too. Just, just give me the quote. And I, I sent it to him, and, 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 and they'll call you. they call you, Tom. I sent it to him. Call me. Him and Jada. She said, they said, yeah, go ahead and put that. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In there, go ahead and put that. And what I put was that I, I, that I thought in the book, I thought the only thing that could be possible was the producers came to my trailer right when we were on the last scene. It was a kissing scene. Right. And they said, the kissing scene's now, not later on tonight. We got to do that now. And I said, but I haven't rehearsed with Jada. That's the most important rehearsal that you can ever have. Right. You put your lips on a female on screen. Right. And so, and I was like, we never got a chance to work that out. You can make it look real if she's working with you and everything, right? Without kissing, right? Right. And so... I said, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. They said, well, we'll ask her. So they went and came back. She said, just go for it. And even then, I was like, I ain't just going to go for it. You know, but I know I have to make it look real. Right. So I'm trying to make it look real, and she's kind of uncomfortable about it. Right. You know? Right. But we got through it, and you never could tell. Right. That's all I wanted. Right. Right? Was was to get it to play into the film. Right. That's all we want, right? Right. You know, you at TE, one wrong block. Right. 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 I mean, y'all, you know, it ain't like the receivers out here, all the glory. Right. All is blocking. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you got to do it right. Right. So I got it in there. And so they called me and said, hey, that is what happened. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't find out for that long. It was more than 15 years. That was about back in 2000. Right. So it was more than that long. Right. So I had saw that side, you know, and there's nothing you can do in certain circumstances as far as I'm concerned. Right. The way that I um, grew up and saw things. Right. You know, I made a, a, a good observation after trial by ass whipping. Right. Right? <laughs> okay? Right. When emotions is high, common sense is at all time low. Yeah. Common sense is at all time low. Yeah. And how low can you go? Right. You see what I mean? Yes. So knowing that fact and just sticking on to, to what I learned mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, you know, my, 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 my brother and sister being white and me being black wasn't a big deal to me until I found out I was black. I grew up in on Fort Collins, Colorado and Wyoming. Okay. Found in the trash. Yeah. Took you- it straight out there. And I thought we, I was a brown one of whatever we were because right. I saw litters. Right. So a black cat can have a white one, a brown one, a speckled one. I thought we were born like that. Right. And I'm a brown one or whatever we are. Right. Well, when we got to D.C., King had just got shot. There were riots. Right. And the black kids the next day were whipping our ass all day. And they were saying, get the white cracker and get the white cracker lover. This is the things I learned. Right. 
you know, and I was, I was going, this is stupid. So I went to my mother, I said, why are they attacking me seeing I like white crackers? I like graham crackers. <laughs> graham crackers, you don't gotta have water with right. them or nothing. You just chew them, get you the apple juice and you're good. White cracker, you be like Schwarzenegger and, and, and Total Recall. <laughs> you know, so, so, right. so I found that out and then that's where the first time I heard the word nigga, you know, okay? Because we moved to the suburbs. Then it was like, kill the nigga. And I'm five. I'm riding my bike, a whole truck of white boys, barely getting in the door, people throwing stuff through the window. Right. Nigga this, nigga that. So I went to my mom and I said, who are these niggas we gotta stay away from? <laughs> you know? You're talking she, about you, huh? Yeah, yeah. And um, she told me, she said, um, this is one of her speeches. Right. She told me, hey, that's what people our color call people your color when they don't like them. I said, what color are you? She said, we're white. I said, no, you're beige. Because I learned my colors from the crayons. Right. She said, no, but that's what we call ourselves. And so I said, well, what does nigga mean? She said, well, that's what, that's what I mean, what does is, what is white cracker mean? She said, um, that's what your, your people call our people when they don't like them. I said, well, what color are they? She said, they're black. I said, they're not, they're brown. Right. I'm a brown one. And like, mm, that's, that's, that's where my, my, my whole, uh, as a child, mm -hmm. that messed me up for a long time. Right. Because I couldn't believe that I was divided by my loved ones by the color. Right. And I always thought that that was stupid. Right. But it's real. Right. You know, it's mm -hmm. real. It's not really real. Right. Because I am right about the litters. Right. And I am right about us. Right. Because when we were in different civilizations in different colors, anytime we would come up on another civilization that was a different color, the girls would go, those guys look pretty hot. And the guys would go, them girls look pretty hot. Right. And thusly, we started mixing. Right. It is the same thing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Take a DNA strand. Right. And you'll know. Right. That wasn't because we exchanged DNAs. Right. All right? You know, that's more like D and P's. Right. All right? <laughs> you just skip. I'm, I know. But I'm just, I'm talking to him. Right. No, I better stop. <laughs> I'm good. So, but that, but that was, was the, the catalyst. And I think I found my purpose in all that. Right. You know, and that's why I feel comfortable um, um, saying I'm her greatest accomplishment right. because I believe I was. Right. I think she did that on purpose. Right. You caught a lot of criticism. Steph wins his fourth ring. He's finals MVP, finally. He's a two-time MVP. He's regarded as the greatest shooter ever. And you said, mm -hmm. after winning this fourth ring and winning the finals MVP, that he solidifies himself as the greatest point guard. Mm -hmm. And you said that stone-faced as if Magic Johnson didn't exist is not still here. You know what happened? I went and watched uh, Winning Time on HBO yeah. Max, and I watched It's Magic on Apple TV. Yeah. So I had knew about Magic and I revere magic. Sometimes we revere guys and, and it, it works both ways. Sometimes we, we look too much into a guy or we don't look enough into a guy. Right. So you can get both ways where a guy right. will. And I don't want to, I don't want to mess up my words, but I got to see magic's weaknesses yeah. where I could never see him before. Right. And now I'm watching every little close thing and I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm seeing, you know, his weaknesses. And I start watching uh, on Olympic channel, the 92 Olympics. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm really watching everything i'm looking for guys weaknesses now right you know what i mean so just watching that in depth and when you're in the finals you're looking for anything to get away right. from the finals so right. I, I was really throwing myself and immersed into magic right. so being able to break down his game from that 
And then always, oh, I know Steph's weaknesses. Right. You know, I'm with him every day. Right. So just matching up things, everything's everybody's been saying about him. And the teams Magic had with him, the team Steph had with him. Mm -hmm. Like, Magic had, I think, higher a higher level of talent. Green is the right. top three player, no matter right. how you slice and, it. And, and I think Magic had a guy who's never... He's gotten credit for how good he was, but I, I don't think people know how good James Worthy was. Oh, yeah, yeah. James Stop Worthy it. would be a great player in any and every era. Oh, yeah. Which is rare. You, yes. you know you know what in football, yes. where there's certain guys that their games don't translate. Right. Magic had a few guys whose games would translate. Right. You know, I think Cooper's game would translate, especially 3 and D 3 and D, yes. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 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 B. Uh, Scott. B. Scott. B. Scott game would, uh, would translate because he was kind of a 3D guy as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Balali Divac was nice. Yeah. And this was early with him, well, too. Well, he, he was a big pass. He was a passing big man. Right, which would be great right now. <laughs> He'd be a poor man's joke, as they would say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Magic had really great talent around him. Yes. And then, you know, it's funny when they talk about Steph, they really like breaking down the weaknesses of the guys around right. him. You know, they always want to talk about what Draymond can't do. Right. They, and they, they always forget about what he can do. And mm -hmm. then Clay, they always try to call him one-dimensional. Right. He's always been a great two-way player. Plus, he just had two, two injuries. Yeah, yeah. And you just said it. You know, Wiz coming in because they try to say it was KD. And then Wiz coming in, Steph still do it. Then you got a young player in pool. You know, he was regarded as the worst draft in the draft. Right. The guy said that. Yes. The worst pick thus far in the draft. And Steph got this guy out here. He about to get $100 million. So, right. I think for, you know, I always was a fan of Jason Kidd. Is one of my favorite point guards. Mm -hmm. He always got his guys the max contract. So it ain't all the way about your number, but the guys, what they can do around you. Steph's done everything you can imaginely think of in terms of basketball, whether he's got the stats for himself, he's got the chips, and what he's done for his teammates. And on top of, Magic did it with the Lakers in terms of the valuation the Lakers had when he got in. Look at the valuation of the Warriors when they bought the team with Steph versus right, right now. Right. It's, it's, just, it's just astronomical. So, you know, everybody wants to try to put different – parameters on what makes you great well he's 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 checked off every box is, is Steph really a point guard considering that Draymond really runs the offense or is he a two masquerading as a point because I think there are a lot of two I think Dame Lillard I think Ja I think all these guys Iggy they're really twos okay I like that they're like really that. twos masquerading so so <laughs> this is going to sound like off but it's not but Draymond's so smart, he just know where to throw the ball because he know them two killers going to catch it and yeah. put it up. So his, I don't think his assists are inflated because most guys don't know where they like the ball, right. don't know how to get it to him, yes. when to get it to him, yes. what play to call. But, you know, Draymond is like the point a point guard out there, but... Man, but, that, but, drib but, that dribble handoff that Draymond be doing. Where he, he run the other side yeah, and drop that thing yeah. off. And then sometimes he'll, he'll like fake, he's going to hand it off and then go dunk yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knows how to bounce it. He sees Steph coming, he'll bounce the ball, no Steph wanted a certain place. Mm -hmm. The way he can hit uh, uh, Clay, and they don't never have the break rhythm. Yep. That's an art. That mm -hmm. comes from playing with someone for such mm -hmm. a long period of time and knowing that person. But I will say that David Lee was an all-star. I believe yeah. Steph was out there. So I do believe like Steph has a great dynamic with his power forward. Right. And if you get a high IQ power forward, they're going to succeed. But when you get a power forward like Draymond, who's the high, probably the top IQ guy in NBA history, like he's in that top 1%. Yeah. It's a deadly combination. Look, Steph, and, and this is what I say about athletes. They pretend I don't hear, I don't care, I don't care. They do care. And they do hear. And if they don't hear it, they got some homeboys that heard it. And if the homeboys didn't hear it, they got family members that heard it. For but sure. somehow it finds a way to get back. Mm -hmm. And Steph Curry made it a point to be known. I heard what y'all was saying. Yeah. Don't think I didn't hear. Yeah. 
Now, because y'all said I got the uh, the, the first one, okay, y'all didn't want to give me no credit. Y'all told me I played bad. Iggy got the MVP. Fine, that's fine. The next two, I played unbelievable. KD got the MVP. He deserved those MVP. Yeah. But y'all make it seem like I was like a role player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now, no KD. I did this. What y'all want to say now? What was he like behind the scenes? Because I know he was gloating. I mean, he... Steph, see, people love Steph. They say, oh, he's so, look at it, little old six foot, <laughs> six two Steph. He's so cute and cuddly. And he thinking all the time, yeah, I told you, you know what. Draymond opened my eyes one day, and I hope I don't get Draymond in trouble, but Draymond was spot on. Draymond watches closely. I'm watching closely. Another guy watching closely, people don't really pay attention to, is Kavon Looney. Kavon, 26 years old, been in the league 12 years, it seems like. <laughs> <He> <laughs> you know does. what I'm saying? But quiet is kept. Uh, Consistent-wise, Loon might have had the third best year for us. Yeah. You know, Steph, Wiggs, and, you know, Poole was nice, but he was a little inconsistent because he's right. young. But consistency, Loon was getting four points, 18 rebounds. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying, us three watching, and Draymond said it one day. He said, Steph like that. Don't get it twisted. Steph like that. Steph like that attention. But it's a competitor yeah, competitor's attention, like, oh, y'all, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all think it's a game, huh? Yeah, y'all think it's sweet. And we used to always say, like, guys think Steph's sweet, and they get on the court, and they're like, man, this light skinned dude, I'm about to kill him. And before they know it, now all the guys in the league <laughs> say the same thing, like, I didn't know he was that good, but man, I look up, and he had thirty. And but now guys know it, and then he getting the best of everybody every night. Yeah, you heard what you heard what uh, my man from Westside Chicago said, Patrick Beverly. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the right meal. I'm in bed by 9.30. I done watched all the film. I got a big one tomorrow. I got to go get Steph Curry. Every night. Yeah. Every night. And he keep he keep doing it. He, he been doing it. Yeah. And, and then this year before the injury, he we got off to 18-1 start. Right. So it, it wasn't like it was a fluke. Like, oh, we about to really run it. We about to really run through y'all. So right. for him, to, he's got that ego in him where he's – he wants to all know, like, I'm really one of them dudes. Right. Right. 2010 World Championship was his coming out party, and then two NBA championships coming out of that. Yeah, it's, it's, and then I played with him in the Olympics 2012. Right. I'm pretty much undefeated with KD. <laughs> so, but, you, but you, you believe Steph is open to a reunion with Kevin Durant? I, I haven't had that conversation with Steph, um, quite honestly. You know, I, I think... He's in a different place now. We've been, we just been enjoying winning the league. I, I call this Money Heist, that show on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Where they... Everybody know. Everybody in the world know, man. It's just it's just eight people that just keep robbing us of everything. <laughs> we see them coming. We know they about to come here and get it, and we can't stop. Right. That's how I summed up this year. We start off eighteen and one, so y'all know we here. Y'all know this ain't no fluke. Right. And then we had a little slippage with some injuries. Then playoff start, and I'm like, and we looking like, oh, this sweet. We lock in. We gonna we gonna we gonna come get another right. one. Don't let us come get this one. Right. Because. Y'all know what's going to happen if we come. Draymond going to be Draymond. We come and get this one. Y'all don't like hearing Draymond. Yeah, yeah. Draymond say, y'all better not let me. But Steph, but when you guys got, when when Steph and them got knocked out of the playoff, at the play in Memphis, mm -hmm. he said, we had some injuries. Mm -hmm. He said, but y'all better get us now because y'all don't want to see us next year. Mm -hmm. He foretold of what was to come. Yes. And I think my first, it's funny because my first, uh, when I signed with the Warriors 2013, and uh, you do the press conference. You say what you're supposed to say. PC, I'm coming here to try to win a championship. Right. Nobody take you serious. Right. But I, I'm saying to myself, I think I've, I've met the, the closest thing to Jesus Christ. Not to put that on him. Right. But I've never seen an individual. Like, he, he, he doesn't stray away from who he is. 
in terms of who he is as a person. So you know what you're getting night in, night out. And I can see it. And so I'm thinking I'm about to go try to win a championship. And 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 then we win a couple. And then he comes out and he says, y'all better get us now because we're coming back. I think y'all need to start taking Steph more serious when right. he's talking. Because y'all just so used to him being the baby face killer, this nice kid. Right. You know, uh, his, right. his faith is very strong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He, his faith is strong. That means he got, that faith is real. Yeah. So what he's saying, he really believing. And thus far, it's all come true. Before you play with him, did you realize how good Steph was? I mean, to, to watch it from a distance, mm-hmm. you're like, damn, man, dude, making all these shots. And then you get up close to him and you watch him in practice and you see the things that he does before he even stepped foot on the court. Mm-hmm. Did you realize Steph was this good? Like generational, like transcendent good. Yeah, so when I saw him when he was younger, I saw his deficiency. So I'm the type of basketball mind where I'm just looking for your flaws. Right. All right, what doesn't he do? And and can he get better at what he doesn't do well? Like, can he can he get rid of those deficiencies? So early in Steph's career, he, Steph was thin. Right. And he would get beat up. And his Achilles heel was European guards, like the Rubios, yeah. uh, 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 Navarro from Spain, mm-hmm. who we played in the World Championships. Uh, Drogic scoring Drogic so and they were like crafty and thin and they a little chippy so they you know they hit you below the belt a few times here and there and they might throw you off and his handle wasn't always this tight right Steph's handle wasn't always tight he get loose with the ball he always been loose with the ball with his turnovers right and if you just watch Steph's progression he's continued to get better and that's the part people don't see you know they don't see us in the 5 a.m. working out, all the weights we pushing. You know, what's my man Harrison from the Steelers? Yeah. We seen him, but he had been doing that. <laughs> you know, he didn't just get strong. Yeah, he, right. He been, Steph was the same way. He just, he didn't just get, like, he had been working and building up. Right. And he's been progressing year in, year out. Like, this year, Luna and I will be on the bench saying, all right, it's a tight game late in the fourth. We need Steph to be like MJ. We need them to start picking the game apart. You know, we don't need Steph to shoot a half-court three or just pull up from three. We need to get to a midi. We just need a bucket. And he started getting to it. Right. He started getting in the paint, up and under. You saw him flipping the ball. Like, he was getting, like, And that was the thing, because early on is that, let's run him off the three. Right. And But he wanted to settle. Now Steph going off. Steph got a, got a layup package. He got a float game. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to, to go in there and mix it up with the big. So now with the three the three ball dropping mm-hmm. and with his float game, he's almost he's unguardable. Exactly. And, they all, and you've never seen a 6'2 guy, 6'3 guy, a guy under 6'5", dominate the game the way he has. Nah. We've nah, never seen nah. that. I mean, do we, I mean, small guards. When I talk about guards, I mean, Magic was different. Magic, Magic 6'9". Different, Magic, right. Magic was in, in the 50s and 60s, even early 70s, Magic would have been a, 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 a four or five, right. let alone a point guard. But you have to go back to AI to look at a guy undersized, dominate the game. And Steph just took it just took it to it. I mean, but it's long. Because you see yeah. young, you see Isaiah... Stockton had a long run. He just yeah. couldn't get but, over but the But Stockton couldn't dominate the game offensively. Could, Stockton yeah, was mainly passing. I'm just talking about guys who did it for this long. Like, yeah. AI had his run. But AI only really played 12 years in the league, 11 mm-hmm. years in the league. And his last few years, you know, he was bouncing around right. a little bit. Isaiah had the Achilles tear. His career really didn't last that long. Right. So, you don't, you rarely see guys at that size really do it right. for this long. And I'm, they on a seven, eight-year run, him, Draymond, Clay. They really ran through the league. They disrupted a lot of a lot right. of things for a lot of guys. I think what helped, what helped him is that early on he had the injuries. He probably got that bug out of there, and so now mm-hmm. he's on a, he's on a stretch now where he's about to be healthy for for a, a few more years. The kings of comedy, you said Bernie Mac DL. How how did how did they put that how did they put that together, Steve? How did you guys come together and says okay, 
DL said Steve Bernie. See, the first year it was just me, Bernie, and said. Okay. And that was rough, man. And the guy, this kid came up to his name, Walter Latham, 26 years old, and said, hey, man, I want to create this thing called uh, the Original Kings of Comedy, and I want y'all three to be it, and we only going to do basketball arenas. And we looked at him and said, we're going to do what, dog? <laughs> he said, we're going to do basketball arenas. I said, dog, we can't sell out no basketball arena. He said, no, nah, I've been looking at Polestar. All y'all, all three of y'all, can sell out 5,000 seats by yourself. He said, if I put y'all together, we're going to sell out basketball arenas multiple times. So we, three of us were sitting there talking about it, and we said, man, this dude crazy, man. He can't do this right here. So he said, he said I got a sponsor, Royal Crown Royal. He said, we're going to guarantee y'all X amount a night. It was like a quarter of a million. And we, we said, don't, you finna do what, though? <laughs> I looked at say and say and say, that, look, let's just get, dub, let's just get the deposit. <laughs> get on out. If it don't work, let's get the deposit. The kid paid us this deposit for the first night. And that's how we got started. And uh, it was rough, man, because uh, it was just the three of us. Mm -hmm. And the first night we did, it was a disaster, man. It was for me. Mm -hmm. Great for Bernie and Said, because they went up first. Right. Said went up first. Now, the deal was to do 30 minutes. Right. Said went out there, did 45. Bernie did 52. I don't know if you've ever followed Bernie Mac before. <laughs> it ain't what you want. They down there, Bernie done cussed out everybody in the crowd. <laughs> And he's hysterical. They're stomping. The arena about to fall. And we're performing at this arena in Charlotte where the hockey players play. Yeah. So they If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I put down the floor on top of the ice, all the black people in there with coats. And then the dude said, we got to have a 45-minute intermission. What? So you got said Bernie, 45-minute intermission. These black people just sitting there on top of this ice with this little sheet of plywood between, and they freezing. Then here I come. Now, the disaster in that was, my mama had died in December. Right. Our first performance was December 26th, the day after Christmas. But my mama had died that month. My comedy special had came out December 21st on HBO. Right. I ain't even watch it. I was in a blur. My mama gone, man. It was like, for two months, man, I thought I was going to die, y'all. I thought, I said, I ain't going to make it, man, because mm-hmm. I had lost this girl, man. I, I was devastated. So my special came out right before the first night. I didn't, wasn't even thinking. So I'm out there. When I finally come on stage, they freezing. And now I'm doing the jokes from my special. Uh-oh that I forgot had just came out they and all hurt. my fans done heard these jokes. And I'm out there just, and they hollering out punchline, do some new shit, you know, black <laughs> people. Like, Steve, we heard that. And I'm going, why is they saying this? And I didn't even understand that my special had just came out. Right. But I was so devastated. So that night, man, I didn't do well at all. Right. The next morning, this comedian on the radio asks him, we driving to the airport, Steve Harvey don't deserve to be no king. I don't know how he on the show. He wasn't shit. He on the radio just eating my ass a lot. And I'm hearing this going to the airport. Now, I done stayed up all night. I ain't had no sleep. Because I ain't, I, would, I just had a horrible night. Right. Now, I'm writing. Because then I finally realized they was repeating my special. So I'm writing all night. I ain't even go to bed. I stayed up. I sat on the plane writing. I got in Kansas City. I wrote all the way up to Showtime. I've been up all night, man, getting old jokes, reworking them, putting them together. Came up with a whole new set. Next night, Kansas City. Now, we arguing now. Me and the bros is arguing, because I'm saying bros. 30, 30, 30. Right. 90 minutes. Y'all got to help me. 40. 48, 15-minute intermission, here I come. That night I got a standing ovation. I had redeemed myself. Right. And, then that, and so the first year was rough because I, I wanted to switch up sometimes. Right. You know, we all kings. Right. You didn't, never, 
you wanted to go first, maybe go first sometimes, man, go in the you, middle. Hey, man, let me sit in the rocking chair. Right. Let me be second. Right. Bernie sat in the rocking chair. And I went, man, because you got said warm them up, Bernie in the rocking chair. You closing behind these dudes is rough. So that's where we had our little... Is that, is that where you and Bernie butted heads? That was our only odds. That was our only odds. Because I just, man, y'all got to give me a chance to win, too. And they ain't never want to switch. So the whole year... We did that, and then we brought in Guy Tory, and Guy Tory hosted the show. Next year, he added DL. Now we got a problem. We can't have four acts, because who gonna go last now? So the argument was, Steve, you going last again. I'm going, hell no. No. No, man, we all getting the same check. Dog, I'm out here working. These set, it's hard to follow. Now I gotta follow DL, Sid, and Bernie. Now Bernie by himself. <laughs> Mac, Mac, yeah. Mac was just, he was, of all of us, man, he was the, that boy could put some pressure on you. So I said, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. So then Walter said, well, why don't one of y'all host the show? Ain't nobody want to be the MC. My hand shot straight up. I got it. I'm hosting. Because that, for me, was cool. I make it like it's my show. I right. bring everybody out, lay it out like that. And then they switched up. Whenever we did St. Louis, said with clothes. Whenever we did uh, L.A. D.L. clothes. When we did Chicago, Burn. Bernie clothes. You know, everybody moved right. it around. Right. And then we settled in. And then the Kings was really born. Right. At that moment. But we toured for three years, man. Right. And nobody but black people heard of us. That wasn't a white person in the crowd for three straight years. Wow. Never did an article. We just did black radio. We sold out the MCI Center four times, two weekends in a row, 64,000. We sold out the Georgia, Georgia mm -hmm. Dome, 44,000. We sold out the United Center six times. Thought we was walking through this country. Then a dude in USA Today, black dude came and did an article on us. And that was it. We was making so much money after that, man, we couldn't. Mm. What happened? Why, why did it end? After the movie, man, that was probably... Blessing and a curse? Yeah. The four of us. It was the largest comedy movie ever in the history. It was the largest comedy tour in the history. But these white boys came along called Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Mm -hmm. It was Larry the Cable Guy, Jeff Foxworthy, Ron White, and Bill Engvall. Mm -hmm. And they said, we gonna show them kings who the real kings is. Uh -huh. So they came out with the blue collar comedy tour. They couldn't fuck with us. They wasn't even close. They wasn't even, Polestar came out, kings was kicking their ass. We was filling up buildings, man. And they thought, like, I don't think Fox was in that, but right. Bill Engvall had said, we gonna show them what the kings really look like. Right. And they started selling tickets, but they couldn't compete with us, man. The Kings of Comedy was, was, we was, and plus we was that other kind of funny. Right. We was tear your mouth out funny. We, right. You get up out your chair, your asshole still in the seat. <laughs> you know, that type of shit was happening. Right. Because when black people laugh, they get up and run to the back of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, boy, you Dog, they slap you back. Break Stop. shit off the concession yeah. stand. Take all the popcorn. They were, the black people, Yeah. they were letting us have it, man. And so when it ended, the thing that the Blue Collar Comedy Tour did was they stayed together. together. We split up. 
you wish you would have stayed kept it together, could have kept it together we, a couple. We we tried everything. But you know, dudes felt like they was movie stars. I never saw myself as a movie star. I never I always knew Yeah, I want I, I, I was gonna ask you that. Because no. you, you kind of like stayed in your lane. You see Sid branched off, Bernie did, did movies. You kind of stayed. I mean, you had, a, you had a couple of roles, but that didn't, seem to be, that didn't seem to be your passion. That didn't seem to be where you wanted to go. Never read for a movie, man. Didn't care nothing about it. I was a TV star. I want to be on TV. So TV I'm, and radio was your, was your, was right, your bag. Because I could do this. Right. I could do this. I could become household if I stay on TV. Right. You know, you got, hey man, to be famous in the movie, you know how long it takes to be Denzel? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Denzel been at this a while. I remember him in Glory, because they filmed Glory in Savannah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that, no. was, in, that was like 85, 86. He was a gangster, though. He, this dude, you believed him. Yeah, yeah. I can only play me. Me, yeah. See, let me just do TV. Right. Why I just do me. me. I ain't. Well, you Steve Harvey. I ain't been no acting class finna do this here. Right. I'm not finna care. Finna sit up here and just care. I don't right. really like you. Right. I can't cry. Right. Cry with you at right. We in the scene, I'm finna cry. I don't even know your ass. <laughs> My father died. Well, okay. I don't know you or your daddy. So me trying to work these tears up, this probably ain't, ain't gonna happen. happen. Just let me go be me. So I knew. But Bernie got a lot of roles. Sid got a lot of roles. And uh they just wanted to do it, man. And that was cool and I understood it. So I just knew. But the thing that they did, though, when they went and got so many roles, they mm. stopped doing stand-up. Right. Me, I felt so strongly about stand-up, I never stopped. Right. When I got my TV shows, I still toured on the weekends. Right. And I never went back to comedy clubs. Once I was in the arenas, that's why I stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just stayed in big theaters and arenas. I was going to the... Staples Center, Nokia, Madison, right. by myself, take two people with me. Radio City Music Hall. I was selling, I stayed right there while the guys was doing the movies. They got stepped away from the They stepped up. away from the, the, from, from the craft, you know. But, but you walked away at the height of it, Steve. You walked away from the stand-up and, mm -hmm. and really hadn't come back. Would you be willing, what would it take Steve Harvey to do, to do the crypt? Crypto.com. What would it take for you to do so far? What would it take? How much would it take for Steve Harvey to do what they're doing on Netflix? You see everybody, you see Chappelle, Quake, all those guys had specials on Netflix. What would it take for Steve Harvey to give to give us 60 minutes? Well, first of all, I have to be done with the TV career. Because once I do the special, I'm gonna be done. With my TV oh, man, you cursed up a storm. You killing everybody, Steve. No, they're going to they gonna take me off TV. <laughs> it ain't no way. The cancel culture too live. See, the reason I stopped was because I saw, okay, I got Family Feud. I got little big shots. I got all this stuff being offered to me. At one point in time, I had seven shows on TV all at once in one season. Wow. I had Thunderdome, Little Big Shots, Amazing Grace. Celebrity Family Feud, Family Feud. I had two other shows. Showtime and DiPaolo had came back on Fox. I worked seven days a week, man. I went through a 41-week period with seven days of taping. And I knew that if I performed as a stand-up, that whole TV career Everything would crumble. Gone. And I was making enough to really solidify myself in television. 
So in 2012, I had to walk away because mm-hmm. I was at the height of everything. Man, I had everything going for me. So now, man, then I watch Chappelle and Rock and all these boys get 60 million here and all this here. And I thought about it, but <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't dump what I had for right, that. Right. Because I knew the longevity, I was gonna make it up. Yeah. Anyway, so like today, man, I I've been this is for the, probably been the first year I've been thinking about it. Just doing one more. And I'll probably have to call it something like fucking I'm out or something like that. Because <laughs> I know that's gonna be it. Right. It's gonna be career ending. Right. Because what I really want to say, I'm right. not gonna do a special unless I can say what I really want to say. Right. I want to be like Rock and have selective outrage. Right. You know, I want to be like Chappelle and really say something. But what I really got in my heart to say, if I say it, I'm, my career is over. You made a joke about your exit from Jackson State was kind of like your marriages. I did, because I don't remember. You did. What did I say? You said, uh, <laughs> you was like, you said something like, <clears throat> I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, I don't think, I think they were probably upset that y'all were getting divorced, kind of like Jackson State was upset that you were leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe they were happy you were leaving. Jackson State clearly wasn't happy that you were leaving. You brought Brittany in, Renner in to talk to your players. Mm-hmm. What were you trying to accomplish by bringing her in, this in, this uh, 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 social media influencer? Brittany, Brittany is a real woman. Okay. She keeps it 100. She keeps it straightforward. And she is a tremendous influencer on Instagram. Bring her in to talk about game. Right. From a woman's point of view. Right. Was unbelievable. Had I had Brittany Renner in a meeting when I was in college, I might be about $15 million more. (laughs) (laughs) Richer. (laughs) Because she broke it down. To these guys, to her game and what she was trying to accomplish, and not her no, game, just, but just women. women. Just, just the women. And she even told them, I got more, the coldest line she said, I got more checks in my DMs than Nike. I said, wow. Wow. That mean they had her. Yes. Okay, and she's trying to tell them how this is played out. She say, it's women out there that do their homework. They know everything about y'all because right. you tell on yourself on the gram and right. on social. Mm-hmm. So they know how to go get you. And you thinking you conquering it, and you ain't. Because it's all a plan. You think and you run a game, and they run a game on you. She was unbelievable. And I'm hoping, and I know, a few guys learn tremendously from her speech. She brought us, uh, <laughs> she opened a lot of eyes. When you sit down with guys, and obviously they want to know about the game, the, the, the football game. But what advice do you give young players when, you, when you're talking to guys? Not, I mean, now you're coaching. It's going to be a little bit harder for you to get mm-hmm. out. But everybody would always, you know, ask you questions. Coach, time, mm-hmm. prime. What advice do you give these young guys? What advice did you give them? In what regards? Because we're talking about a whole plethora of things Just that I could say. How to approach the game. The game of football. Game right? of football. First of all, you got to love it. You, you, you really got to love it. There's some people in like with it. Love They're the not, game or love the pay? Because I think some, sometimes they love the pay more than That's the what I'm game. saying. So the thing about it, the game going to give you what you give it. Right. And when you're not giving it nothing, it ain't going to give you nothing. 
and you can't prostitute the game. You can't just seduce it and, it, and, and act as if it's going to produce a child for you. It's not going to do that. The game is sophisticated, man, and the game has game. The game understands what you put in, you're going to get out. The game understands that uh, there has to be affection and attention and consideration for it, for it to give you the results that you want. This game is real. And you can't just love this game just for this amount of time. It's like a woman. You got to love her intensely. You got to take her home with you. You got to take her out with you. You got to just shower her with gifts and, and, and focus because she needs it and she wants it. And she gonna bless you and make you feel good in all the right ways, but you gonna have to do what hadn't been done right. for about, this game. What about life? What advice do you give the guys about the, the game of life? <laughs> the game of life has a scoreboard, unfortunately. And it's measured by oftentimes what you have on, your shoes, your clothes, where you live, and that's not right. But it does have a scoreboard. But since it has a scoreboard, you don't have to worry about keeping score that way, but how do you play to win? Because anybody that keeps score, I got to play to win. Some fool said once in it don't matter if you win or lose or how you play the game. I said, yeah, if it ain't got no scoreboard. Right. Because long for a reason. As long as it's a scoreboard, I got to win. Yeah. So it does matter if you win or lose. Um, but I want these guys to always focus on winning and dominate, and you can. But it also has to be a plan, man. I'm a planner, man. We don't do anything without making plans. Nope. We don't do anything with not being on time. Right. Yeah. So life lessons are deep. It depends on the situation because I can really go into depth and detail because I got 115 young men as well as trainers and equipment persons that I got to pour into That's because they're part of my staff. Yeah. They yeah. hang on your every word. And I want them to. And I got to be filled. I, got, I, I can't be empty because when I'm empty, empty, I don't have nothing to give. So I got to keep myself full and I can't have distractions and, and dissension and mess. I can't have ignorance and none of that. So I don't let the family bull junk get involved. I don't, I don't do that. Right. I don't know how people do that. I don't do that. They, my family know I, the quickest way to exit my life is to bring me some bull jug or some drunk. <laughs> Friends as well. I don't, I don't do it. I'm too old and too bold for that. I don't play it. Of all the sports that you played, football, basketball, track and field, baseball, what was the easiest sport for you? Easiest sport was football. What was the hardest? Baseball. You told me the hardest thing to do is hit that ball, man. That ball does some things to you. <laughs> Any sport that you could fail seven out of ten times and become great, say great, great. And, and make two, three hundred million dollars in it, that's a hard sport. Right. What made you what made you want to stop, decide to stick with baseball, even though you had this great football career? The challenge, man. I love challenges and I could not master it. And it frustrated me because I hate to lose and I hate um, not mastering something that I know. Uh, if I just had more time, I right. could. The speed. They tell the story that you weren't supposed to run mm -hmm. the 40 at the combine. Um, no, I was supposed to run. You were supposed to run. Yeah. But you, but you were teasing that you might not run. Yeah, why? But, but, okay. Like, but why you should run? Everybody else had got there early. Everybody else stretched and ready to go. You come up with your track suit on. You come with your little, your little outfit on. Yeah. And no stretching, no warming up. Get on the line. It's in my office on the back of my wall. A cheetah never stretched before he go get his prey. He you just remember, take you remember Wild Kingdom? Yeah, I remember. When have you seen a cheetah stretch before you go get the antelope? 
So what were you anticipating? You was like, man, if I don't stretch, I could run this. What time were you actually anticipating? 4-2. 4 4-2-something. Low 4-2s. So if you had stretched, how fast do you... I can't say if, because that's what... That's, time. I can't touch my toes now. So I ain't never been a stretch. I ain't never been flexible. And you just took off? Got you ran one time and did... No, I ran it. twice. I ran twice. I believe. No, you didn't. I don't know. You should have been there, matter of fact. No, I, I came you, the next year. Okay. I came I the next year. I thought we was the same year. No, you was 89, I was 90. Okay. All right. So, now they tell you about the interview process. You know, you go in, you meet with the coaches. Hey, how you doing? There's a lot of different teams. Hey, how you doing? They sit down and talk to you. You say you went to the Giants. Mm-hmm. And they, you, you say, hold on. When do you guys pick? First of all, <laughs> first of all, it was open house. Right. I don't know how it was when you went, but it's open house. There's agents everywhere. Yes. Girls everywhere. People in the hallways. It wasn't secluded like it is now. Right. So I'm trying to get away from people, and I back into this room. Right. And I see all these dudes with their heads down like they're getting ready to take the SAT. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is this? And the dude handed me a phone book, man. I right. mean, that thing was thicker than a phone book. <laughs> and I said, hold on, hold on. What pick y'all got? <laughs> he said, I think we have the 10th. I said, man, I'd be going by then. And I just walked right out. <laughs> and I was being dead serious. I wasn't even trying to joke, but it, it was a phone book. Right. Was that the one to lick test? Some test that yeah. the Giants gave yeah. you. Why do they do that? What is that test going to do about, about a game on the field? Me writing something down ain't got nothing to do with what you're going to do on the field. So you feel like, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm great. I'm not good. I'm great. Did you want... Did you, I mean, you said if Detroit would have selected you, they're going to have to put you on layaway. Did you, where did you want, where was the idea, where did you want to go? I was on an All-American trip um, going into my senior year. And we went to Atlanta. Yeah, man. I got off the airport, I got off the plane, I'm sorry, from Tallahassee. And I'm, I seen black folks. I got in the car to go to the hotel, I seen black folks. We had a function that we were going to the hospital to volunteer help. I seen black doctors, black nurses, got back in the car. So we riding through town. I see black folks in Mercedes and BMWs and Lexuses and all that kind of stuff. I ain't never seen that before. It blew my mind, man. Right. I said, wow, this is where I want to go. Because I was good and ignorant. Right. Neck full of gold, curl, look wet, but it was dry, you know. And I was flashy, flamboyant, because I was straight Florida. I said, they, I, this is where I need to be. Right. Because they going to understand me. Yeah. And so that's when we told several teams, I'm playing baseball, don't, don't do it. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. Were you, trying to, were, you, were you trying to scare them away? Yes. Because I wanted to go to Atlanta, the fifth pick. And that's, I got my dream. And I thank God for Atlanta for drafting me. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. Obviously, you know you love yourself some LeBron James. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know that's going to happen. He the goat. He the goat. He's not. Say it with me. He's not. He the goat. He's not. I just got off the phone with MJ last night. Just to remind him. You should have hung up on him. Just to remind him. hung up on him. Yeah. Say the goat. The blasphemy coming out of your mouth right now. It's okay. You can believe that. You can believe that. The man's still going to draw 21. But we'll do. I'm sure. You know what? Right. The first LeBron right, topic right, right. don't need to be nobody. Here's what the, don't here, need to be nobody here's, there. Here's what's going to hurt you. Here's what's going to hurt you. Because you see, when you're talking like that, people are like, but, shit, but, shit, that. No, I'm going to sit back and let you talk. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, you finish? 
Are you sure? You sure? No. And you're going to be like, nah. And I'm going to say, you got to wait now because I waited. Here I come. And you have to deal with the tsunami that I'm going to bring. I'm going to rain down upon you when it comes, especially to that subject. But, but especially but to that, that button, subject. But you- and that's what you're going to hurt yourself. Listen, LeBron, listen, I got this man. The game was started in 1947. Man. I got LeBron James. The thousands of players that have played in the NBA, I got him number two all time. Yeah, yeah. You got people walking around like that's disrespect. It is. I got him. No, see, see, that's emotion. It that's is. emotion it right there. Emotion. That's emotion right there. Listen, let me tell you something right now. I personally believe a legitimate argument could be made that I'm sitting in front of the greatest tight end in the history of football. Some people bring in Gronk, Tony Gonzalez, other Travis players, Kelsey. whatever, Travis Kelly, of course. Gates, bring all this yes, but you're in the conversation, yes. you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know because yes. your brethren, I mean, they give you right. mad love and respect, right? I can say that. But my point to you is, is that if somebody said you weren't number one, you don't feel insulted. No. So why you got to be insulted about LeBron? Because. That's emotion. No, that's they don't no emotion. That's be, emotion. Because, but they go. That's, huh? See, that's you, emotion You right told there. me the storm was coming. Right. See, your storm happened for nine years, then took two years off. Right. And it happened for three years, yep. and took another three years off. That's right. And then it kind of just was like drizzling. Right. My th- storm been going for 21 years raining. Right, right. You could say that, and my retort to that would be six NBA Finals losses. So, so they only, so they hold on. Just, it's fact. It's six final losses. Yeah. Six finals losses. Let me ask you a question. Six. I just want you to tell me one thing. We're going to debate this. Sure. Tell me the team that he faced that was the 2017 or the 2018 Golden State Warriors. What do you mean? I don't understand your question. Michael Jordan. Tell me the no, team. You talking about you, Michael Jordan? I want you to tell me the team that Michael Jordan faced that was the equivalent no, of the 17 no and 18. No one. Can I respond to that? Sure. Can I tell you why? No one. Do you know why? Because none of them had Jordan. No. <laughs> that's exactly why. Okay, let me that's exactly why. Oh. See, 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 that's the ultimate equalizer or usurper. Pick whichever one you want to you want to pick. Do you understand that Jordan is 6-0 in NBA Finals? Yes. Do you understand that Jordan was MVP all six NBA Finals? Yes. Do you understand that Jordan never even allowed a, a final series to go seven games? Uh, yeah. You understand that? I'll, it never went seven games. I also, I also, you understand that? I also know he, I, I, he I, I, just I, started I, going to finals because I had Bird back with us. Excuse me. Ten-time NBA scoring champion. Nine-time All-Defensive play, All-Defensive first team. You do know that, right? Yeah. All right. So, so in other words, is, it was LeBron on both sides of the ball. Was he that dominant? Oh, he was dominant. But you know he should have won. You know he should have won. You, are you kidding me, Stephen A? Are you kidding Stephen me, Stephen A? I'm, give me this. Okay. You know good well LeBron James should have one Defensive Player of the Year. How does How does uh, 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 Mark Gasol, who's a second-team All-Defensive Player, be Defensive Player of the Year? I agree with that. I agree with that. But. The flip side to it is that as we watched LeBron James, even with his greatness at one point in time as a defensive player, we never looked at him and said, oh, my God, that's that dude defensively. Yeah. You had you had. Now, LeBron is universally respected and revered. MJ was feared. You know the difference. You know the difference because there are people who have feared you. You know the difference better than me. You know the difference between reverence. And fear. Look, look. You know this. You like John Wick. I like James Bond. He's all Bond. right. He's all right. Hold John on. Bond, I, 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 can I have James Bond? I prefer oh, you James Bond. Okay. I prefer James Bond. You can be John Wick. Okay. I prefer James Bond. John Wick James shot Bond. up a whole place, kill everybody. Okay. James Bond killed a few people, but got the ladies. That's they right. do the same That's thing. That's right. Remember when Halle Berry, remember when Halle Berry was walking out what the ocean? What that When water? he was walking out the ocean, and yeah. he said, magnificent view. Remember that? I remember that. The small one. That was, you know, that, 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 that stuff. 
and stuff like Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. But you know, Daniel Craig, yeah. of course, Sean Connery, yeah. the man, okay? Yes. I mean, a, I'm trying to say the versatility of James Bond is where the it versatility comes in. You could say that, but at the you end could end guard of the day, one through five. You seen him do it. I'm not denying that. Shut down Tony I'm, Park on one end. In the last five minutes, see, I got Timmy I also, D. I also saw him get checked when Jason Terry was guarding him in the post in his finals against Dallas. You going to deny that? No. Okay, then. So, so Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a time uh, when Michael Jordan showed up in an NBA finals and you literally looked at him and said, yo, he ain't show up? He ain't even <laughs> playing nobody. Come on. Let me ask you a question. I, I'm going to do it like this here. Sure. Tell me the guy that he faced that with the award, the equivalent of Kevin Durant in the Michael, NBA Finals. Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Well, I wouldn't or say Steph the, Curry. I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the equivalent of, of Kevin Durant, but let's go down the list. He beat Magic for his first title. Magic was 73! Okay, I find you. I'm going, I'm going down the list. I'm okay. going down the list. I didn't hear you say that when Magic was here, but we're talking no, about that. Magic was, about that you know Magic. <laughs> you didn't say that when Magic was here. You didn't tell him that. The man that's gone to nine finals I in feel, 10 I, years. I feel you on that. And by the way, he took Vlade Divac and those guys. Yes! It wasn't Kareem and Worthy and them. I got but that. you saw what he did to put Jordan I, in the first I, game, I, right? Allow, allow me. Put a triple-double on him. They had to put Scottie Pippen on it. That's cool. Okay, I ain't going to say he backed him down. Made it look like Kareem and Caldwell Jones. That's fair. Michael Jordan, I'm sorry, Magic Johnson in the first title. Clyde Drexler and the crew, the second title. Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson. Don't ignore that. Dan Marley and them, the third title. Good good Okay, okay. Peyton, the glove, with Sean Kemp. Before he became Sean Kemp. That's one Hall of Famer. And then also you've got Carl Malone, John Stockton. Yes. And you have an NBA game that was considerably tougher at that particular moment in time than today's NBA game is in terms of physicality and what's allowed. Yes. So you can appreciate this. Yes. Home. You can appreciate that. But see, when you can put your when you can put your forearm on people, when you can hand check them, when you can do a lot of things you can't do now. Right now you get caught for passing gas. True. You will. But it's a different game now. But here's the thing, Stephen. A. Okay. What you and the old school guard okay. have equated physicality okay. with talent and skill. The guys in today's game that. are more skilled. I, I totally agree with that. Okay. I totally agree with that. But you would know this better than me because you were an all-world player. Even though the game of the NFL has evolved significantly, yeah. you know good and damn well that if you were playing in this time, oh, yeah. you would have adapted. Yes. You played in that time, you yeah. adapted. Yeah. The game in the 60s and 70s, you would have adapted you have to, to adapt. those times. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. Michael Jordan was what he needed to be. If he was playing today, he would be what he needed to be in order to be successful today. That's all I'm trying to say. When you see greatness on that level, you have to concede that that's the case. But see, all they asked Michael to do was to cook. LeBron had to cook, he had to clean, he had to wait tables, well, he had to could, take orders. Well, you could say that, but what I'm saying now, is ain't no that faith. If, the, if the brother's doing it on both sides of the floor, then obviously he's doing more than one thing. He's doing that too. But Why is he doing more than many, one thing? How many guys you know that are top five scorers and top five assists? How about this? How about when Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. with Penny Hardaway, yeah. Nick Anderson, 3D, Dennis Scott, and those boys yeah. were on Orlando, right? Yeah. How about the fact that they couldn't even get the ball past half court because Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan had them on locking. Yeah, with full Ron Harper. Press, full court press. We ain't never seen LeBron, LeBron do that. We never seen LeBron do that. LeBron do that. You know, stop it. He never did it. You remember when D. He hey, never did it. You remember when D. Rose was the MVP? Y'all voted D. Rose MVP. What did he do to D. Rose excuse, in the playoffs? Excuse me. Excuse me. D. Rose, what kind of team did he have? You couldn't tell me Yo Kim Noah and those boys no, was a, a supporting. They, was the number, they, they did enough to get the number one seed so and what? you didn't say okay, nothing. So what? 
Who you you, you voted him MVP. That's why I called him. I, I already told it. I voted him MVP mm -hmm. and still picked Miami to win that series. Mm -hmm. I knew they weren't going to beat Miami in the best of seven. Yeah. Playoffs are different. Yeah. All right? But that don't mean LeBron deserved the MVP. I, and oh, by the way, I don't even knock LeBron James for not getting the MVP because when you're that great, you're not going to put all your efforts in over 82 games. You're playing for April, mm -hmm. May, and June. So this is entirely plausible. I'm very fair to LeBron James. Your dollar Sometimes. Back, most times. Most times. Actually, I'd say all. It's just that I call it like I see it. I'm not emotional like you. No, no, no. You're emotional. You're, you're emotional. You I, I saw you. I've been, I've been doing my homework on you. Yeah, LeBron. you know what? I got a call today for one Michael Jordan. He rolled up on me in a black SUV and rolled the window yeah, down. that's true. That's true. He yeah. Did. That was scary. I thought he was going to shoot. I thought, I thought it was a drive-by. It was in Denver. <laughs> I thought it was a damn drive-by. scared the living hell out of me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that, that's an absolutely true story. But at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is that LeBron is phenomenal. He's great. We should throw no shade on him. One of the greatest ever. Top two, the, top three. I did you see, I didn't so, see you saying one yeah, of them. First, first of all, first of all, he will never be greater than Jordan to me. But more importantly, <laughs> let's go to Kareem. 19-time All-Star, six-time league MVP, champion on a high school level. They don't get Kareem Memorial, credit. Champion you know they don't UCLA, get credit, though. Champion in the NBA. Okay, six times. I'm, good Lord have mercy. Six, okay. six All-time leading scorer before LeBron surpassed him. All of that stuff happened. I'm just saying, come on now. The resume is better, but mm -hmm. I still don't believe he was the player that LeBron James is. Yeah. All right? But what I hold, and, I, and I'll say this to you. I'll tell you something that I very, really said. If you took LeBron James' career from 2012 to now, and that was his history from his first title yeah. to what he is now, and you wanted to make an argument against Jordan, I'm listening. The problem is we don't get to ignore those first seven or eight years where there were a couple of occasions where one, he was accused of quitting and number, and I don't believe that, by the no. way. No. I don't believe They're that. They accused Noah drunkenness. No, 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 no. I'm talking about this. God still gave him the heart. I got you, but I feel you, but it's true, but it's still accused of drunkenness. Oh, okay. But the point is, no, 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 against Boston. I don't yeah. believe that. Yeah. I, it was a lot of stuff going on yeah. with LeBron that's none of our business that people, they were totally unfair to him, including his damn teammates. Yeah. But that's a different story for yeah. another day. I never held that against Stuff. Right, but when you got four games against the Dallas Mavericks, in which people looked at you and said choke. If you said Yo, that, you bro, know what? If you, you cannot get past I that. Can't, I can't. I can't you argue can't. out that one. You I can't, can't argue that, out of that and, one. And that to me, that to me, sealed the deal about the MJ LeBron comparison. So what? What? What if he were to win a title this year? Don't matter. At thirty nine years of age. So, so, so that don't erase Jordan. Wait, see, there you go. That see, that, see, that's the argument that people have when I was talking about Tom Brady not playing well. I'm not trying to take away what Jordan's accomplished. I agree. He got those rings. Right. He got six finals right. MVPs. Right. He has six championships. He yeah. has five regular season MVPs. Correct. If LeBron gets another title, Stephen A., mm -hmm. I'm not going to erase what Jordan did, mm -hmm. but he already here, he already here for me. Okay. All he's doing is just... But but what I'm saying to you is I already talked about the Dallas thing. Yeah. And I talked about moments, which you can appreciate. What I'm trying to say to you is that when you are that dude... Right. That doesn't happen to you often. That happened to Magic when they called them tragic. Cause yeah, I'm 84. Dennis Johnson, 84 and all yeah. of that. We get all of that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But for the most part, that doesn't happen. And this is the kind of thing that you also have to pay attention to as well. Not only do you not get to say that about Jordan... But when you look at LeBron, think about this. You want me to tell you what I hold against him just as much as I held against the Dallas performance? What? The following year with the All-Star game. 
you got the ball in your hands. It's an exhibition. Oh, he, he passed it's it. an exhibition. <laughs> it's not it doesn't count. Right. It's all in fun. Right. Kobe claps his hand, God rest his soul. So and come he's on like, yo, let's come on come with on it. With. You got D Wade on the court. You got Melo in the corner. Yeah. And he threw the pass. And all three of them, along with Kobe, descended on LeBron and said, Yo, what's up? What you doing? Because they knew he was psyched out. He was messed up. And what I'm saying to you is that Kobe wasn't like that. MJ wasn't like that. It's D Wade wasn't like that. In his first NBA Finals appearance, they down 0-2 to Dallas. Oh, D Wade goes berserk, averages yeah. 37 in the last four games. Right. I'm just saying it's stuff like that. It's not that you look at LeBron and you diminish him. It's just that you can't elevate him above somebody like MJ when I got that evidence to support my argument. That's all. And that's why I got him number two all time. God strike me down. I mean, my Lord, I mean, what an insult. I mean, the number two all time in the history of the game. And it's an insult. Only you and, and Rich Paul and people like that feel that way. Most of us sane individuals know better. No. You know what to do. Hit the subscribe button and become an official member of Club Shay Shay, where we do something before two something. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.